Hi, I'm Daryl Urbanski, and welcome to the Best Business Podcast. My mission is to help create 200 new multimillionaire business owners. How? You'll do better when you know better. In my interviews, you'll hear from self-made millionaires, seven-figure business owners, authors, and world-class experts sharing how they did it so you can too without experiencing the same obstacles they did. Now, if you like this interview, please share it with a friend you think will benefit. They'll appreciate it, and I will as well. You can also connect with me on social media. Look for Daryl Urbanski, D-A-R-Y-L, Urban Ski, U-R-B-A-N-S-K-I, and add me so we can be friends. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy what I've prepared for you right here, right now. Hello, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My name is Daryl Urbanski, your host as always. And today we are joined by an old friend of mine and a very special guest, Rich Fetke. Uh, Rich and his wife, Kathy, are the co-founders and co-CEOs of the Real Wealth Network. Since 2003, Real Wealth Network has helped people build passive income by helping them acquire fully renovated cash-flowing income properties with minimal time invested on their part. These properties are located in the best emerging U.S. markets with experienced property management in place. Rich is the one who oversees the marketing and business development at Real Wealth Network. Rich is a licensed real estate broker and investor and is also the former CEO of a large health club franchise, uh, you may know. As a master certified business coach and the author of Extreme Success, Rich has been featured in USA Today, Entrepreneur Magazine, and the Wall Street Journal. With a love for adventure sports, Rich has also competed in the ESPM X Games and is a record-holding bungee jumper, a skydiver, rock climber, skier, and surfer. I've asked him to join us here today because, well, I just haven't had any real estate investing experts on the show yet, and I know myself it's something that's been on my list for years, but just hasn't made any progress forward. Knowing Rich for probably at least four years now, I think, I feel like an idiot because he makes it so simple. So I asked him to come on the show, kickstart my real estate investing endeavors, and hopefully help some of our listeners out. So Rich, thank you so much for your time today. I know my listeners and I are going to benefit from this call. So how are you doing, my friend? How are things today? I am doing great, man. I spent the morning uh, surfing overhead waves, so that is a great way to start the day. Right? <laughs> so I'm right? a happy man right now. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, champagne problems, eh? The water was just <laughs> so good. I almost had to reschedule this interview. Uh, you know. Right. <laughs> Not bad. <laughs> You're like, I can start taking my cell phone with me on the board just to cancel stuff. That's <laughs> right. It was cool. I actually paddled way out beyond the lineup for about 100 yards and sat down on my board and just uh, meditated for 10 minutes. And it was all about gratefulness. So definitely a great way to start the day. That's such a beautiful way. Yeah, it is. And I'm I'm very much a novice surfer. But when I was in Encinitas, just outside San Diego, I used to love that. I used to go to the beach every night, uh, whether I had my board or not, just to watch the sunset. And I loved, I loved having my board and just like, I would just like lay on it and just watch the sun go down and be on the water. And it was just the most, it was just such a magical moment. So, um, yeah, yeah, man, I definitely feel, uh, yeah, it's a good, good state of mind to be in. So, um, but now for the listeners, I know you and I know some of your background story, but how did you even get started in this? Have you always been an entrepreneur? Do you come from a long line of entrepreneurs? Like how did you even get up and running? Uh, definitely don't come from a long line of entrepreneurs. My dad was an engineer at General Electric. My mom was a travel agent and stay-at-home mom for most of our lives. But mm-hmm. yes, I've definitely been an entrepreneur my whole life, uh, even from, you know, all the way back to, you know, making lemonade and settling on the side of the road to we had horse chestnut trees and all the kids would walk by after school. And I sold season passes where they could come in and pick up the horse chestnuts and 
kids would make necklaces out of them and stuff. So oh, that's cool. always been, yeah, I've actually never worked for someone else. I've always been self-employed. That's awesome. That is so awesome. That is, <laughs> um, yeah, try, test, and true. Look at you. So um, how did you come into doing what you're doing now? Like the real, or actually, let me start, go back. What, in your career then, what were some of the big challenges that you had to go through? Because I imagine if you've never worked for someone else, you've probably hit some walls. And having the, 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 exp- all, you know, the, the luxury of being able to look back on your life now, do you feel that there were like certain uh, challenges that you had to overcome or like a series of milestones in your progress as an entrepreneur? Oh, yeah. I mean, the biggest one for me was I would, I was diagnosed early on when I was about eight years old as um, learning disabled, mm. hyperkinetic. Today, they probably call it ADHD or something. But mm-hmm. so I had a really hard time in school and was put in special classes that other kids are saying, like, you're going to go to the retard class, Becky, you know, things like that, <laughs> right. you know, destroyed my self-esteem and my belief in myself. So the biggest mm. challenge coming out of high school was thinking I was stupid, that I would never amount to anything. And then it was actually getting into competitive bodybuilding that really turned things around for me. It showed me that I could set a goal, that I could break that goal down into measurable steps. I could see the results. And with that success physically, I started to see those same lessons carry over to my life with my studying, where I could go on to college and get a business degree. And it really created a whole change in my self-belief. So that was, that was my biggest challenge. So the first one was belief in yourself, I guess. And that's because of all these, um, you know, not self-imposed, but externally imposed, like limit, like limiting beliefs that were pushed on you, eh? For sure. And I still got that gremlin in the back of my head that comes up, you know, who are you to do this? And, you know, that little gremlin that tells me I can't and all that. So I, I deal with it, that, you know, itty bitty shitty committee that's in my head. <laughs> But, you know, it's still working. It's still working. Yeah, but it hasn't slowed you down at all. So um, now as an entrepreneur and even as a business owner, like if you were to start something totally fresh, you'd be way more successful than your first venture because you've learned all these lessons and things like that. What were some of the other big milestones that you felt that you learned in in your progression? Because, I mean, you've done a lot. I'm, you know, like you said, when you were a kid, you were just doing small time stuff and then you got into owning a gym. Can you kind of walk us through your kind of career path a little bit? Yeah, I opened uh, a World Gym Fitness Center in Boston when I was 23. I didn't even know how to balance a checkbook or any of that and learned really fast. Um, my uncle bought me my first audio book, first business book, The E-Myth by mm, Michael Gerber back then. One, yeah. <laughs> so what a, what a great gift from him because it taught me all about how to create more of a self-managed company with systems and structures that work. and. I grew that place from 8,000 square feet to 23,000 square feet. We had 24 employees by the time I sold it. And the lessons in that were huge about mm-hmm. you, know, create, you know, creating automation, if you will, for a, a brick-and-mortar business. But being able to, I remember like going out just to the store to pick up office supplies thinking, wow, I can't believe I'm here at the store and my team is running the business. It was just mm. a big eye-opener for me. Mm. So that was a, you know, that was a big one. And then uh, after I sold and I finished my business degree, I packed up my Toyota 4Runner with a U-Haul trailer and drove across country from Boston to California and uh, was going to start a chain of one-on-one fitness training centers and actually did that. Started one, hired a few trainers, was training a bunch of clients, but was kind of feeling almost like in that one little wedge of life called fitness and health. Hmm. And I wanted to expand beyond it. I was really into personal development, had done hours and hours of Brian Tracy and Tony Robbins and all these greats that I learned so much from. And then I heard about uh, business coaching 
and saw a course on it and, uh, and personal coaching and did that first course and just fell in love with that whole process. And because I was early on, this was 95 when coaching was just getting started. Mm -hmm. Um, I got involved in the coaching industry in the, um, professional and personal coaches association. And after a couple of years was elected president of that, Wow, uh, that organization, which was a really cool breakthrough because then it was so hot in the media that I was getting calls from TV and newspapers saying, can we interview you about this whole thing called coaching? Hmm. That, that led to the growth, you know, blowing up my career in a mm -hmm. good way mm -hmm. and led to a book deal with Simon and Schuster and keynote speeches and real high end coaching clients. So that was like the, the major second phase. I did that for about 15 years and uh, learned a lot about communication and empowering people. Mm. And then after that, it was, um, then it was Real Wealth Network with Kathy. Now, you know, I, I love, and I'm, I'm, I'm a writer downer, so I'm taking notes, but I love what you just said there because, you know, after you said about 15 years of being a highly sought after coach and consultant for helping people uh, with their businesses, what you said was, not that I learned a lot about business, not that I learned a lot about sales, not that I learned about that. You said I learned a lot about communication and mm. empowering people. Can you expand on that a little bit? I just, I love that. That's like the highlight right now for me of the week. <laughs> yeah, that's a highlight for me. It's, um, yeah, I mean, I heard something recently that uh, a leader's most important job is to have effective conversations. Hmm. I love that, to have a, effective conversations. And in my role now with Real Wealth Network, as co-CEO of this business, it's like I'm seeing that it's empowering people and communicating effectively and having people really – I just read a book called Multipliers about a year ago, and it's how – the subtitle is How Great Leaders Make Everybody Smarter. And so it's like getting your out of your own way, not trying to do it all yourself, but finding great people and empowering them and realizing that people are creative, they're resourceful, and they're whole. And they know how to find the answer. They know how to make it happen, especially when you give them the space to do that. Now, do you have any advice for anyone that's listening to this that might be afraid? They might be at that part where they're getting the team together and they're almost afraid of either hiring someone smarter than them or of paying someone more money than they're making. You know, once they get them on board, they'll be making more than them. Can, does, do you have any advice for that sort of scenario? Because we beat the drum of how important it is to build a team on the show a lot. But that's something that I don't think a lot of people have really drilled down into. And that's why I love what you said about that so much. And, and I love even just your point of view and philosophy. And it obviously works. Um, mm -hmm. So can you maybe explain that? Because I know even myself, I, my personally, I remember once upon a time, I had a mentor who was like, Daryl, like, what's the problem? And I was afraid to bring people. This is when I had my martial arts school. And I was like, because they'll, they'll just take it and run. Like, I'll train them up and then they'll go do it. And, you know, he had to be like, Daryl, not everyone wants to do what you want to do. And even if they did, you're already like miles ahead of them. Yep. You know, and like all these other things, like it's just in your head. So if anyone's listening to that and they hear you say that is, do you have any advice if someone was like afraid of building that team or they're going to take an income cut because they have to hire people? What would you suggest to someone? Uh, I guess feel the fear and do it anyway. <laughs> That's a great book, right? Yeah. yeah it's uh, do it, do it would be the advice because it is just getting out of your own way. You are, if you have the vision for your company, and that's the most powerful thing. And it's uh, as the leader, it's about you communicating that vision. And so bringing in people who are more talented, more experienced, smarter, everything is the way that you're going to reach that vision a lot faster than if you're trying to do it on your own or uh, hire B players who you're constantly having to, 
you know, look over their shoulder and oh, just forget it. It's just, <laughs> I've done it in the past. So I know that hiring people who are great and smarter and all that is a much easier and much more enjoyable way to operate a business. Got it. Such a great, great tip. That's such a great tip. So now, um, I guess, can I want to ask about, so you had the business game down on lock and then you built a business around real estate. Now, why is that? Why, why not around the coaching and all that other stuff? Oh, it was an interesting journey, actually. I had just, um, it was about a year after I signed my book deal with Simon & Schuster. They sent me on a nationwide book tour. I was on TV and I was top of my game. I'm like, yeah, I'm crushing it. This is, this is the dream. This was the vision. And even though I had that gremlin saying, who are you to do what you, you know, <laughs> right. what your mentors have done. Right. right. Um, but then, uh, it was wild. I noticed this, uh, freckle on my leg that was starting to get bigger. And I was like, I better just go get this checked. It turned out being melanoma which is the most Whoa. dangerous form of skin cancer, most, most life-threatening. Wow. And so when I, they found that, they also looked on my temple. And was, even though it was a little tiny dot on my temple, they found out that that was melanoma, and it went deep into my head. Oh, no. And so I had to go through several surgeries to remove it, and then the doctor suggested that I get a CT scan to make sure that it hadn't spread and metastasized. So I went in for the CT scan and saw my doctor about a week later in his Hands were kind of shaky, and he was kind of white because he, you know, didn't deal with this a lot, I guess. But he said, um, "It looks like you have four masses on your liver," and it scared the crap out of me. Yeah. We had a three-year-old daughter who I did, you know, I wanted to see grow up. It was, it was, you know, terrible time. I went in for another test later, but he said, "Okay, well, we want to double check, and I want you to get an ultrasound that also showed four masses on my liver." So long story short, after three months of going, waiting for different tests, they finally put me through a PET scan, which scans your body for any active cancer, and it showed zero cancer on my body. So all the cancer had been removed. It had not metastasized. They think what it was is just hemangiomas, just clusters of blood vessels that about 20% of the population has anyway. Mm -hmm. They're harmless. But the way it showed up and the way it was connected with that well, the wild thing was when I did meet with an oncologist and he sat down and looked at it and he said, you know, if this has spread to your liver, you have about six months to live if you're lucky. Whoa. And so it was a huge, you know, life jolting situation. And my wife, Kathy, was a stay-at-home mom at the time. She was taking care of our daughters. And she was like, I need to do something to create money. Because, you know, Rich right. was the, I was the, the sole breadwinner. So she had this um, radio show. It was kind of a hobby at the time where she interviewed people um, on local radio and she did, it was called The Edge and she focused on different areas of life. It was kind of a coaching, personal development type show. One month would be on relationships. Another month would be on business. Another one might be on health. And this month happened to be on finances and wealth. And she interviewed a mortgage broker and real estate investor who really just lit her on fire with it when he told her about <laughs> the examples of, you know, how he was doing and how much money you can make and passive income and all. And so she started to have other real estate investors on and successful, you know, millionaires and found out that most of them made their money through real estate. Hmm. So she came home and said, Rich, this is what we need to do. Let's get some investment properties. We refinanced our house. We pulled money out of it and we bought a bunch of investment properties and that kind of started the path. And then there were people, you know, friends and people that Kathy and Kathy started, uh, became a very successful mortgage broker in the San Francisco Bay area. 
and it was helping people and they're asking her for advice. And so that was what led to it. It was like, wow, mm. help more people with this. We can help more people do what we've done. And, you know, in that time, I got that positive diagnosis of you're going to be okay. And then you're hundred percent cancer free. So that was a great news. And, yeah. and so in the beginning, I was really Kathy's chief support guy. As she was growing Real Wealth Network, I would do kind of getting a podcast launched as one of the first podcasts on iTunes way back in 2005 oh, no and way. helping her create the first couple websites. And it just grew from there. It was this little tiny, tiny company. And now we're up to, now we're in business 13 years. We have almost 25,000 members and we've helped change many, many lives with people to help them create passive income and create what we call real wealth. The, name, the reason we call it Real Wealth Network is we see real wealth is not just making a lot of money. It's about having not only the money, but also the freedom to live mm. life on your own terms. Yeah, and I'm really glad you make that distinction because, you know, people listen to this call, I'm not sure if your situation is really good or really bad or anything, but I can say I've been on all sides of the fences. And, you know, money is better when you are money. Life is better when you have money, or at least I prefer life with money. But it definitely <laughs> isn't everything. You know, it really isn't. I see people all the time that they just they trade their life for dollars and they're slaves to it and they're trapped to it and you know they might want to make it look all flashy on the outside you know but when they're putting in 12 hour days six seven days a week you know the money it just isn't worth it like i was in tokyo i was making great money it yeah. wasn't worth it wasn't the hours the stress it just it wasn't worth it it just yeah so dude um, i live in malibu and you wouldn't believe how many very wealthy you know talking billionaires who are empty and miserable yeah. and that is not real wealth exactly and so yeah, it's a, that's our purpose. Our yeah. purpose is you know helping people create real wealth, and whether it's working with people who are very wealthy and helping them see the other side of, you know, you need freedom. You need to you know be you know, enjoy the people you love and what you care about. So now I want to play the devil's advocate a little bit, only because sure. I recently had this conversation, and I, I, whatever it's my show. It's also I'll say it. I've actually been having a, 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 a peaceful dispute with my my parents for a while now because they want to retire. And they and so I, I want to ask you this question from I know it's from their point of view, um, but so their situation is and maybe this might fit someone that's listening who knows but you know they want to retire they've had this house they've paid off the mortgage and they just want to sell the house and like retire on that now for me I think that's a, such a flawed plan because the house isn't worth even a million dollars in the city that we live in and sure it's paid off and they can sell it they make this big whack of money but it's almost like like what they think they're going to die before the money runs out like I want to bet on the opposite. And and when I mentioned like, hey, you paid off the house and the mortgage, why wouldn't you just rent it? You know what I mean? And like then, you know, and live off the cash flow and do something. They just – they have thoughts that, um, you know, that it's it's too difficult, that you get tenants that you don't like and all this sort of like it becomes a headache and all these things. Can you – like is it real? Is it possible to have really good income from real estate without all that weight and baggage or, do, you know? <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. We've got several testimonial videos of couples that we've helped over the years. Um, one couple that has took – took one property that they owned, they sold it in San Francisco, which is a high price market. Mm -hmm. They turned it and they, uh, they increased their income six times through that one property. They wow. bought, I think almost, I think it was 20 properties after selling that one, you know, it, these yep. investment properties that, that we have available at Real Wealth Network through our affiliates and um, teams, they are fully renovated cash flowing income properties. They're located in the best emerging U.S. markets. They have property management in place. So basically, it's like 
much more a passive in investment, mm -hmm. more like mailbox money. Got it. So but it's very, real. very doable. Yeah, no, we've seen it. I've seen it so many times that people can take a, you know, a property like that. Yeah, don't just keep it and rent it. It depends where it is. Where's it located? Oh, what, where my parents? Yeah. Oh, my parents are they're in Kingston, Ontario, Canada. So it's an up-and-coming town. It's outside the U.S., but it's a great market in terms of there's two universities and a college and a bunch of government offices and the largest military base in, this, in the country is here. And so and even the neighborhood that they live in, the military pays for houses there for the people to live in for, you know, one, two, three, four years at a time type thing. So And not only that, they just uh, built a Walmart, a Lowe's, and the subdivision around them is just booming. They're like a stone's throw from a new school. It's the most advanced school. Like for them, they're foolish. If they're, I'm going to probably buy it from them um, just because I just think it's foolish just where it is. The area is growing so much just on its own. But, yeah. I, I mean, aside from that, though, so what are some of the biggest mistakes people do make when they get into real estate investing? Like why can't people do it on their own? What's the problem with that? And I know myself, I can speak to some of it, but at least in your experience, what are some of the biggest pitfalls you see people fall into? Um, the, there's, there's three big ones. So let me start with it. I'll keep sure. them short. The first one is they get into, um, they think they want to be a real estate investor and they start, they start spending thousands and thousands of dollars on courses and education and gurus and mentors. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've met people who've spent uh, 50 to $100,000 on education and don't own a single investment property. Wow. So that's the biggest, one of the biggest mistakes that we see people do. They come to Real Wealth Network and they're like, what, you give all this education away for free or for 10 bucks a month, you know? Um, right. So that's a big one. Second one is people thinking that they can get into investing by fixing and flipping. And they think, oh, on, you know, on the side, I'm going to find a rundown property. I'm going to fix it up like they do on these TV shows, fix it up, and then I'm going to flip it and make $100,000. Mm -hmm. And we've seen a lot of people lose money in that because it usually takes several fixes and flips before you learn what you're doing. Mm. And the you just don't have economy of scale. It's like it costs a lot to go and do that whole thing. Mm -hmm. And there's the the time it takes if you don't do it in just a few months. If it takes you any delays, you have any building permits that you're waiting for, it can the holding cost of the property can really sink people financially. Mm. And then the third is I see people who think, oh, you know, I'll look at these. I'll come to Real Wealth Network. I'll look at what their best markets are in the U.S. for investing, and I'll go out and I'll buy an investment property from a realtor, not realizing that they're going to usually be paying over market price for the investment property. And two, a lot of times they're trying to manage it themselves, and they're dealing with tenants and toilets and challenges and all that, and trying to do that from afar is hard. Mm -hmm. So that's why we created a system with teams around the country who buy these teams that we work with. They're separate businesses. They've been in it for years. And they'll pick up 20 or 30 properties from a bank, like foreclosures, all at once. They have multiple teams of workers who come in. They use all the same materials, all the same tile, all the same hardwood floors, the paint, everything they need. Mm -hmm. So they buy it in bulk, much cheaper. And they have a system. So all their properties kind of look the same on the inside, but mm. they get them all fixed up. They're beautiful. And then they find tenants. And they put a tenant in place. They manage the property. Or have a property manager manage it, which is only about usually about eight to ten percent of the monthly rent. Mm -hmm. Still, it ends up being positive cash flow. Yep. And so then, what we do is we help bring investors to these people who've done it and have these properties available. So we're kind of the connectors. Got we it. help educate people on how to do it. We make the connection with our affiliates, 
And the truth is with these affiliates, the different teams, there's about 100 of them a month coming to us saying, hey, we want to sell your our properties to your members. And of those 100, about one of them we accept after doing a very thorough vetting process. We have a black Six Sigma black belt analysis guy who comes in and goes through a full checklist of vetting to make sure they're legit, the properties are good. He flies out to the market, inspects their properties, inspects property management, interviews tenants. And so it's it's pretty stringent to try to get through and become one of our affiliates. That's why we only have about 12 markets. Right, 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 right. No, I mean, it sounds like you got a great system. Like I said, I've known you for years, and people speak nothing but highest of you, uh, speak of you in highest regard. I know the caliber of the people you work with. Um, you always hire top talent. I've seen that personally, uh, not in the sense that you've ever hired me, but I just see the people like some mutual mentor like Tyler Garns. He's been a guest on the show as well. Um, so obviously, it seems like you know what you're doing. And, you know, we mentioned this before, and I, I think for anyone that's listening, I, this is true. I mean, one, we've been had a couple of requests for a real estate expert, and two, I was just getting frustrated personally because i said this to you yesterday rich but you know just like i've even tried a couple of times to get into this and following different people's formulas and i even had a va that i hired to go through the local mls and to do this formula and all these types of properties and make me a spreadsheet but i never really went anywhere with it so um and it was just because i just didn't have a lot of time um that was the biggest biggest thing that held me back so what does it really take to get up and running in real estate like say so like take me like i already told you like i know you like to trust you my money's probably as good as yours i just need to find the right property but how does the process go what is a good method to go through if you guys have already pre-screened i mean is that it you guys have already pre-screened the pro- like the properties like is that it's all just pretty much done for you very much, yeah, in that sense, yeah. And, you know, my wife, Kathy, she's a real expert in um, market analysis and market timing and knowing where to invest. So that's a huge piece, too. You know, that's all she studies, and it's, she's obsessed with it in a, in a healthy way. Um, so it's also that kind of knowing ahead of the curve, like what's – a lot of people will say, like, oh, this is a great market to invest. It's, gr- it's grown 20% in the last year. It's like it's probably the worst market to invest in. So you want to mm. look at what's the next up-and-coming market and mm. why might that be happening. Um, you know, like Reno is, you know, a big up and coming market because of the whole Tesla factory and, and everything that they're doing with education mm-hmm. and the colleges there. Mm-hmm. But most people don't know that yet. So that, I think that's a biggie. But yeah, it's a definitely a, a done for you real estate solution is Real Wealth Network. That's like I said, our purpose is to help people create real wealth. We don't want to have them, you know, come in and, and struggle. So we've made it easy. We have free webinars every week um, featuring these different markets. And so people get all their questions answered. We do live events. Um, so, I mean, it's the simplest thing is for people to just join Real Wealth Network for free. You know, it's, there's no, no cost involved or anything. We make our money when these affiliate teams sell an investment property, just like any real estate broker. When they sell a house to someone, mm. they get a commission. And, you know, we get a we get a referral fee for sending investors to them, but they pay us. It's not the investor. So definitely a win, win, win all the way around. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So um, I feel like I wish I knew almost even the better questions to ask about it because I want to say like, wait, these are all cash flow positive, even with the property management in place and all that sort of stuff. Um, 
What are some of the considerations that you do have to take into, effect, uh, into account if you're – like for me, I'm in Canada right now. If I were to buy a property in the U.S., what do you have to take into consideration if, if it's a long distance, uh, if you're managing from a long distance? How do you know that your property manager is doing their job properly and how do you know that they're not putting it on the side? Because if you only have one unit, even if they're getting – you know, or a two-unit building, you know what I mean? And they're getting 8% and you've got a vacancy but they've got another client that's got eight units that has two vacancies. Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you how do you manage the property manager? It's a great question. Um, basically, the you'll get a, a monthly statement that shows anything that if there was a repair that needed to be made or be itemized, you'll see, you know get a statement each month showing how much you made on the property. If it's vacant, um, you know they're out there to find a tenant as soon as possible. And if it goes longer than that, you know, like say it's you know more than a month or two months without a tenant in there. Then what you would do is you would contact us at Real Wealth Network and say, hey, um, this has been vacant for two months. Our property management company hasn't done anything with it. what's going on here. And we have a guy who's going to go out and audit that. We're going to look at the, the power of the network, basically, and we're going to reach out to that property manager saying, hey, what's going on? And kind of like we're the, we've become the bad cop. <laughs> and they don't want to lose our business because we're sending them hundreds of investors. Mm. And so if they upset Real Wealth Network and they get taken off our recommend, recommended list, they, use, they lose a huge flow of business to them. Mm. So that's the power of the network. They step up and they're like, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, getting it fixed. <laughs> <laughs> So you're really, yeah, so you've created, I mean, this is just a, a great business lesson in general. You guys have created a pain of disconnect, which if mm-hmm. anyone that's listening doesn't know that it's, you know, it's sometimes there's an issue where maybe you'll have, uh, you provide a solution for someone and, you know, it's pay half up front, half after and you deliver it and then they don't want to pay the half after. Well, what's your security that you're actually going to get either the quality, like in this situation, the quality of service that you expect or that, you know, you're going to get the last half of your payment. And one thing is to set it up, structure it so there's a pain of disconnect and this is a great example of that you know mm-hmm. you're doing business with these people but you've built up to where you've got a large enough a buying audience that's you know because obviously when people come in and they have a great experience they don't just buy one property right you probably exactly. have an ever-growing business of, of repeat buyers so yep. um, you're just in this great toll booth position where you can almost charge these people a fee on top of what they're already paying you just to get access to your buyers because they're ready they're savvy you know they're they're hot to trot so to speak um, yeah, that's a great, great, great position to be in. So what are some of the ways that you've helped build this audience just from the, from the business standpoint? I want to talk about your business for a second. How are some of the tools, what are some of the tools that you've used to build your presence and your following? You've got a great product. You've got a great business model. How have you kind of gotten word out there about what you do? Mm-hmm, great question. And um, one of the number one is uh, the Real Wealth Show, which is the podcast that Kathy yeah. started back. And <laughs> yeah, podcasting it's uh, it's amazing. It's uh, you know we started that in 2005. It's like right when iTunes came out with podcasts. Um, I'm kind of an early adopter. I always you know am in reading ahead and looking at tech stuff and wanting the, the latest and the greatest. And and Kathy was already doing her radio show on regular AM radio. And I said, can you get the disc from them? They would, you know, she'd bring a disc home, I'd pop it in, I'd burn it, and I'd upload it as an MP3 to iTunes. And that has been a huge thing. And now we've come up with a second podcast called Real Estate News for Investors, and that's crushing it. Both Real Wealth Show and Real Estate News for Investors are um, always holding the top spots in the top 
three spots on iTunes in real estate investing and real estate. Hmm. And I guess there's no, I mean, for you, you want to educate people, right? Because the more educated people you've got, the more they can realize that you've got such a great solution that you guys take care of all kind of the, the, the fringe stuff, I guess. And it's, so that's why you're not charging. And then there's a lot of the gurus that want you to get you in their coaching program and upset on how to flip houses and all this sort of stuff. You guys are like, hey, we've done all that. Let us just teach you about it. That way you can see why, like what a headache it's going to be. And just come do business with us because we've already got it all taken care of. Is that is that accurate? It's very accurate, you know. And it's like I think through podcasting and video, and you know, really experience someone over many many months. It's like people know that Kathy's the real deal. And when she interviews our affiliates and these property providers and other experts, like um, everything from mortgage brokers to accountants to um, to attorneys. They start to see the depth of her knowledge and how we operate and values come through. You know, when you listen mm-hmm. to a podcast for a while, you start to know the person and what they value. And you can, you can, we have a built in sleaze detector, I think it's human <laughs> and you can, you can pick it up after a while. You listen to someone for some few hours and you're like, okay, this person's a little sleazy or this person's the real deal. Yep. Yeah. No, fair enough. That's definitely, definitely, um, which is good because, I mean, in most business, what is it? All things being equal, people prefer to do business with their friends, which is part of why we're here. Um, mm. But all things not being equal, people still prefer to do business with their friends because there's mm. that comfort factor, that safety factor. So, got it. So, distributing free content and providing and just being an advocate for the end user. I mean, really, you guys are like a champion for the little man that's being either screwed over or kind of left footing the bill, you know, all that sort of thing. Um, you guys are kind of his champion, like, hey, let's educate you, let's help you out there, and let's provide a really good done-for-you solution. There's no – I mean, you are kind of kicking it on the beach every day. I mean, kicking it and surfing all that. But that's coming back to where you've built a really effective team that can implement for you. And it's not like you don't work either, right? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. No, it's like, you know, I'm out at 7 a.m. until like 9 a.m. surfing, but then come back and then rock the rock the work stuff for a while. And I just before our call – and in this interview, I had an hour meeting with our director of marketing going over our whole new website and everything. So it's, mm. yeah, there's definitely some work, work sprinkled in there between <laughs> yeah. the surfing and climbing. <laughs> right. No, it's laughing because both of us were like apologizing for our website to say, I'm sorry, it's new one's going to be up soon. <laughs> right. Yeah. The new one's going to be even better. But yeah, we're going to run our sixth website now. It's just, it's crazy, but. So, Rich, you've had such a fruitful career, and it's obviously obviously had ups and downs. But what do you feel are some of the habits that you, as an individual, as an individual, have possessed or have learned to have that have really helped you be successful? Hmm, that's a great question. Um, well, there's a bunch running through my head, but there's two that stand out. One is for many years. I've created what I call my self-coaching form, and I've had my own coaches over the you know past almost 20 years, where someone to support me, hold me accountable, coach me, and all that. Mm-hmm. And I also coach myself. So every Monday morning, I create what I call my self-coaching form, and at the top it says, "How was your week? What you know? How did it go?" And then I've got my list of my successes and wins from the week which is always cool to my younger brother used to be a ski instructor at Squaw Valley and he would take a group down a slope and everyone would be like, yeah, I'll fire it up. And they're looking down the slope and he goes, Hey, everyone stop, turn around, look what you just came down. And they look at this, you know, big steep slope and moguls and drops and everything. And he's like, just take that in, just 
take that in. And it's like the same type of thing. So mm. often we keep looking down the slope and we don't stop and turn around and look at the successes and wins, but they, they lift you up so much. So that's been a great one. And then I have results of my actions from the week. I set three main intentions every week that I'm going to accomplish. Like if I don't get to anything, what are my big three? And I do that for every day. What are my big three for the day? I have a big three for the year. So it's kind of simple and simplifying mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. And then I have um, what I call my rituals for health, wealth, and happiness. So just like back in grade school where you give yourself a star if you do something or you don't get a star if you don't, mm-hmm. I have little things like practice piano for 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. I have daily yoga and meditation. And if I do it, I check it off. If I don't, I don't. And I kind of take a tally at the end of the week every Monday and say, how did I do that last week? Was it, you know, was it seven over seven? Was it four over seven? Just kind of keeps me aware of how I'm operating and what, you know, what's working, what's not. Mm, 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 mm. Got it. I thought you said self-coaching for rum, but it's actually a form. So you've got form. a piece of yeah. paper that you use in the day. That's awesome. You That's got it. really yep. awesome. Got it. Okay. And so you use this every day or is it every Monday? Uh, well, I use it every day. So I create it every Monday. And so I put, I create a new one. And I take the one, I put all the results of my week. I send that off to my coach and I have an agreement with him. If I don't get it to him by Monday at noon, because it was weeks when I would get too busy. Mm. <laughs> I said, if I don't get it to you by Monday at noon, I have to do a hundred burpees by the end of the day. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I've done it a couple of times. It's not fun. It works. That, uh, that little pain helps. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I know it's so valuable. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. And then, so then I pull what I've created on Monday that has my little check boxes and all that stuff, I look at that every morning and I'm like, okay, what's important? What are the big three I committed to this week? And have I done anything with those or what I'm gonna, am I going to do today with those? And then I'll check off how did I do with my rituals for health, wealth, and happiness. Mm. So I'll check those off. Mm. But that's been really big for me, just an overall keeping my life on track, being effective, being focused on what matters and not getting overwhelmed with all the to-dos that come up as an entrepreneur. Right. Yeah, and all the shiny objects, all the shiny, like, like I'm, you know, you've done this for 13 years. Why haven't you done anything else? Why don't you have a gym on the side and uh, this so, on the side? Oh, man. Yep. No, we do, uh, we do quarterly retreats with our whole team. We'll take the whole, like we rented a beach house last time down at Sunset Beach and had everyone stay there. We had our team of 13 people there, and we all talk about, okay, what is the intention for this quarter? And we have an agreement that we come up with no more than three main intentions Mm. because focusing on more than three things gets overwhelming. And Mm. so we come up with three big outcomes, three big goals for the quarter because we know other things are going to come in during the quarter that are going to be the shiny objects. And in the past, it's distracted us Mm. and it's segmented us and it's, you know, divided us. So by all agreeing, okay, these are our big three for this quarter. If some new shiny object comes up, we have to make a unanimous decision to drop one of the big three to take on this new thing if it's that important, or we just table that big new shiny thing until the next quarter. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, that's, you know, do less better to completion. That's a big thing. That's a big mm-hmm. thing. Do you, I mean, maybe the answer is obvious, but don't you ever get, I mean, obviously you got a house on the beach in Malibu, so you're obviously doing well, but do you ever get envious of your friends in that, that, you know, I mean, I know tons of people. In fact, I almost, a mutual friend of ours, I think Griggs, like, um, anyways, I probably shouldn't say his name, but sometimes I get frustrated because he's doing so well for himself, <laughs> but he'll be so frustrated sometimes. And I'm like, dude, like, 
you, you're not allowed to be as frustrated as you are. Like you complain like guys I grew up with that have literally done nothing. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, nothing like, worse than the, than the rich complaining person, right? <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's true though because it's the whole that's the nature of desires, right? Once you fulfill your desire, you get a new one. It's it's endless. So, um, but I was going to say, like even with you, don't you get tempted by the shiny object? Do you ever get envious of bigger, better, better? I mean, I guess it's still why you work every day because you wouldn't really need to, you know. I think if if you didn't want to. Yeah, you know, it's, I would say it's not envy for me, it's excitement. So when I see someone that's done something really cool, I usually look at it like, oh, awesome, I'm going to do that. Mm. And so it's more inspiration rather than they have it and I don't, because I know if I want it, I can get it. Right. So, so no, it's an, and at the same time, yes, I do have to constantly remind myself to think about what I'm grateful for. Like I said this morning, I sat there on my surfboard and just floating. And I just went through a whole list of all the things I'm grateful for mm. because that keeps, that keeps the envy away. Yeah. It keeps the, you know, yeah, it just keeps you in that abundant mindset. Like, man, look what I have. It's yeah. so amazing. I am a huge fan of the five minute journal. It's like a morning ritual. That's basically, they say like, I, I do it too, man. Yeah, yep. Do you? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. I've, got, no, I've, I've had dinner with you, Jay. He lives in Toronto. I'm trying to get him on the show. Um, great guy. I've met him a couple of times. Anyways, he's got that and he's got the productivity plan. Anyways, not trying to plug his stuff, but it's great. It's like mental floss for your health. Yeah, gratitude is such a great thing. I love starting my day with that. So, yeah, great. Uh, Rich, <laughs> what have been some of your biggest role models in your life? Who have been like your big guideposts as you've kind of evolved as an entrepreneur and learned all these lessons? You mentioned Michael Gerber. Yeah, he's big. I mean, there's a lot of mentors that I've had that don't know they're my mentors, you know, mm. from their listening to their audio, you know, it's like Brian Tracy, I've listened to hundreds and hundreds of hours of his old cassette tapes back in the day. And I used mm. to, when our gym was starting off and we weren't making enough to pay the bills, I was out painting houses in the day and working the gym at night. And I would have uh, uh, Sony Walkman on all the time, scraping and painting houses, listening to how to how to start and succeed in your own business. <laughs> so it was just, you know, I don't know how many I wore those tapes out. So that was, he was a big, big mentor without knowing it. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was a huge inspiration for me as a bodybuilder and yep. gym owner and just the way he sets his mind to something and sets oh, a vision. Yeah. So he was a big influence. And then um, Richard Carlson, who wrote Don't Sweat the Small Stuff, was a big influence on me. He passed away way too early. But he, um, he really inspired me around the gratefulness and the love and the don't stress out piece. You know, he was a, a big influence in that. So you know, go into his memorial service and just, I made a personal commitment to myself of, I want to live the way that man lived. I want to be, come mm-hmm. from that loving, kind, calm, Zen place. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Huge influence. Mm. So well. So just to summarize, I'm just looking over my notes. I just really like, you talked about the habits. I'm a big habit person because one, they're hard to, they can be hard to establish, um, but they're so, so powerful. I mean, they make, they make success almost automatic, you know, by going to CrossFit for the 6.30 a.m. class, I never have to debate whether I'm going to go or not because it's just the alarm goes off, I go. Like it's, so it's such an important thing. You know, one thing you didn't say it, mention it as one of your things, but you have a coach that helps hold you accountable and helps move you forward. Then you've got your daily kind of a self-coaching forum that you do daily. You start every week around Monday and you use it on a day. So you've got a big three for the day, a big three for the week, a big three for the year, and you've got like an ongoing running log for it. And you say you got your rituals for health, wealth, and happiness. I really, really love that. And the other one is that you have a team of people around you to support you. 
which is super important because without that, none of this would be possible. Um, and a great wife. I'll add that one too. And a great, look at you, like, and a great wife. She's yeah, staring at me, and wife, I better do something thinking. to get some. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, it's not here. <laughs> no, it's, I'm just saying, you know, when you talk about that, it's like, yeah, I don't think anyone's had more of an influence on my life than Kathy, so. That's huge, too. Uh, I'm going to have to take a snippet of this and send it to her so she knows. <laughs> by the way, Rich is talking about you when you're not around. <laughs> um, so what do you see as a future trend in the real estate industry? I mean, we didn't necessarily talk about the nuts and bolts of doing it in the sense of we talked about what the big pitfalls are and what to look away for, uh, look out for. And also, I think a lot of my listeners are probably already engaged in their business, and I see this as something for people – like myself, you're making good money, but then you're like, what do I do it? Where do I put it? For me, I've always known I wanted to do real estate because since the dawn of civilization, you know, the wealthiest people have been the ones that owned people and land, which essentially if you have a team, you know, and you pay them, you don't necessarily own them per se, but you know, you are, they right? like they're your team. So you've got that team. Um, and then yeah. of course, land, real estate, it's forever. I mean, governments, they make all their tax income by, you know, increasing the tax base. How many, how many residents do we have? So it's still part part of the equation. Um, but it's just something that's just been so time consuming that I haven't had a chance for, but where do you see the future of things going? Um, as far as how it is, there's a lot of immigration happening, there's cultural issues. There's a a ton of information now that's available that hasn't been available before. Um, just because of things like you mentioned, like podcasts and the internet. So people are becoming much savvier. Mm -hmm. Where do you see the industry going in the next five, 10, 15, 50 years? The real estate industry. Yeah. Oh, man. I mean, real estate is always proven to be one of the best all-time vehicles for building wealth and because there's tax benefits, there's leverage, there's rental income that offsets expenses, like your tenants are paying for the property over time. Mm-hmm. And so then this, and, and there can be appreciation. We never bet on appreciation. We want a investment property that makes sense from day one. Mm-hmm. So it's cash flowing right up front. So then, you know, it's, yeah, there was that big real estate downturn and everything. But the truth is the people who own investment real estate that were rental properties, it didn't affect them because rents actually went up because more people were losing their homes. So they had to rent homes and those people who own the properties and were renting them out, they did, they were solid. Hmm. So, um, you know, it's with the fluctuations and the things constantly changing and the stock market going up and down and being so volatile, what I love about real estate is that it is a solid, real, tangible asset. And as my wife Kathy says, the last time I checked, people like to live indoors. <laughs> and it's, it's like, so people, we always are going to need real estate. So it's, and, you know, now that we've been through a couple markets cycles that Kathy and I have been, you know, involved in real estate for almost 20 years, that's, you know, we've seen, and we've, we've been, challenge we've lost properties we've lost money and we've made a lot of money from it too and so just seeing the cycles it's knowing it's it's all about being educated so i think you can continue to thrive in real estate i think the real estate industry yes there would there is going to be a drop no doubt about it probably within the the next one or two years Hmm. Uh, but when you are owning cash flow rental properties those drops in prices don't matter because you, you just, you know, as long as you can control the property and keep paying your mortgage, which actually your tenant is, there's, there's no worries because you're not going to say, oh, my property lost 50% of its value. I need to sell it. You just hold it until there's enough and things come up again. Right. And now things are right back to, in many markets, above those bubble prices that we thought were so crazy. 
Right. So yeah, like you say, you're always making money when you buy. You don't bet, buy it and bet on that you're going to make money in the future. You're like, no, no, this is going to be profitable now, which essentially is the mantra of your company because that's when someone buys a property through you guys, they're buying it and it's already going to be excuse me, it's already going to be profitable from day 1. Exactly. Yeah. Got it. Got it. Got it. Got it. Rich, is there anything I should have asked you that I haven't asked you? Oh, that's a good question in itself. Um, I guess the, the only other thing I'd like to share is um, about our Real Wealth Foundation. Sure. I'm, we're really excited about that. This last year, we did have a membership website where we were charging $97 a month, which is very low for mm-hmm. real estate education. Mm-hmm. We're giving away so much for free, and we wanted to bring in um, – higher paid experts to help us teach and be experts in their areas like CPAs and attorneys. And so we were charging $97 a month and growing this membership site and, you know, doing okay with the amount of members we had signed up and all, but we wanted to reach a lot more people. And so we had this big breakthrough as a team at our last annual retreat. And we decided to lower the monthly fee to $10 a month. And because we, you know, we make our our money through real estate. We decided not through education. So we decided to take that $10 a month that people pay and donate 100% of it to um, the Real Wealth Foundation that we created that supports charities like Habitat for Humanity, Operation Smile. For like $240, you can change a kid's life by doing a cleft lip operation and surgeries all over the world. And Mentors International, which provides micro loans to families that, that need it. And so Super excited about that, and the way our Real Wealth Investor Academy membership has been exploding once we made made this change is just oh man, it just like it chokes me up. It's super cool. That is super cool. That really is super cool. And I like Rich. I just honestly, and this is there's no like there's no. First of all, for anyone, I asked you to be on the show, so and there's not. But I just really have always like you've been. A positive influence, at least in my life, from the time first time I met you, like again, once upon a time in Phoenix, mm-hmm. um, you know. And so I just think it's wonderful what you guys are doing. I fully endorse everything you do. I would love to do business with you guys myself. For the listeners listening, if you're in the same situation that I'm in, that's part of why I brought Rich on the show. You know, it's um, just it just makes it it just is a no brainer. It's something we've all know. There's only so many hours in a day, and it comes back to needing a team. And it sounds like you've got such a great team put together. Um, so again, I guess for people, they just go to the website, right? If they want to check out the stuff, they can get it into the membership site for free. If they want, they feel like donating, they can sign up for the $10 a month. Um, and that's that, is it the real, it's, or it's, uh, just real, a real as in, um, real deal and real yeah. estate wealth <laughs> as in money and uh, network real wealth network.com. Perfect. So yeah, anyone listening to this, if any of this has appealed to you, if any of this is sounds really good to you, by all means, please check that out. Um, we still have a little bit of time left. So I guess, Rich, the one thing I do want to ask, and again, this is me the devil's advocate, but the people that do buy properties, I guess, what are the things to look out for? If I'm going to go and I'm going to check out properties on your site, what? obviously you guys have done a ton of homework. But is there anything that I need to also like due diligence I need to do, things I need to be aware of, things I need to consider or be prepared for, but like after I purchase the property, like like what what do I need? If I'm like and I'm saying this as myself, like Rich, I've got savings, I'm ready to go. What do I need to come and do business with you and what do I need to be kind of prepared for? Yeah, great. So the process basically is you would join Real Wealth Network for free, you would attend some of our free webinars or watch some of the webinar replays. Um, you could watch some of the things in the Real Wealth Investor Academy to 
to learn their educational modules. So just feel, so you feel solid um, getting Kathy's book off Amazon. It's called Retire Rich with Rentals. Retire Rich with Rentals. And then uh, that's it's quick. You could read that in a couple hours and learn pretty much everything you need to know before starting the process. Then you would do a strategy session with one of our investment counselors. Again, that's free. It's about a 45-minute one-on-one strategy session by phone or in person. Look at your current status and your finances and where you are and what your goals are, what you want from real estate investing. And then that investment counselor would um, suggest a couple teams and a couple markets for you to talk with. Some people will buy property sight unseen. They'll just look at you know videos and photos and talk to the affiliate because they've met the affiliate sometimes at a live event. Or some people will fly out to the market and check out and say, yeah, I want to buy this one and this one. Um, but in that strategy session, your investment counselor will also give you a kind of a due diligence checklist. Even though we've done the due diligence, we also think that investors should do their own due diligence. So it's a whole checklist of make sure you get an inspection on the property. Make sure you get an appraisal on the property. We tell you how to do that. So some of the things to watch out for in that investor due diligence checklist. Got it. Okay. 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 And so basically if we just follow along and follow the system, 25,000 people can't be wrong. Um, right. <laughs> no, and we'll start ourselves on our path to retiring rich with rentals. I like it. Yeah. Hi in there. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> rich, thank you so much for your time today. Again, it's always a pleasure when we talk and I, honestly, I said this before, but I'm just grateful that I finally have a chance to give you a platform and provide some value to you because you just, you really have, I mean, you said you meditate today and you want to be a positive influence on the world and you really have, you know, um, for me, I mean, you gave me a copy of your book once either you gave it to me or I bought it once upon a time. And I know you bought my book too, when it first hit Amazon before it hit number one, Yeah, um, way back. you know, so I just, yeah, again, I just really value and appreciate you. And I hope that some of the listeners listen to this and I hope their lives get changed as well. And just thank you for one, being a role model and two, being a friend and three, just for coming on the show. Awesome. Thank you. Likewise. Feelings mutual. You've reached the end of our interview. Now, first, let me thank you for listening. I appreciate and respect you more than you'll ever know. And now I'd like to ask you a couple of questions. First, What three lessons did you just learn? What three aha moments just jumped out at you? Second, what can you implement for yourself and your business in the next 24 hours? Third, what can you give to someone else to help you with or give to them to just do it for you? Whatever it is, remember taking action is the secret sauce to results. Now, if you think this interview would be helpful for a friend, please give them a link to it. It'll help them and it'll help me too. I'd also like to invite you to help me find out more about the challenges you're facing, your dreams, your goals, and how I can help you overcome what's holding you back. We both do better when we know better, and your success is my success. So please reach out and interact. You can visit our website, bestbusinesscoach.ca for Canada or California, where I'm from and where I'm living. You're welcome to also try out one of our paid programs. You can find us on YouTube, Facebook, and pretty much every other social media channel you can think of. You should also subscribe to the podcast. And if you're enjoying them, please leave us a nice review. It really helps. That's all for now. Once again, thank you. Take care of yourself. And remember, the world needs the best business you can build. And I believe in you.